Hello, and welcome back to Belmont Bunch, the 2023-2024 season. Um, we have Islander stuff to talk about. We're going to preview the season, talk about how excited we are, pick where they're going to finish. Then we're going to talk about the rest of the league to finish off the podcast and talk about, um, I guess, what we have coming this year uh, as well. So first off, we're going to start it with our excitement level coming into the season out of 10, because that's how our brains work is like, I need a number. So Sterling, can you start us off on what's your excitement level for this season? Yeah, it's pretty much 10 out of 10, maybe 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, The primary logo is back at center ice this year. So that's super exciting. But last year was a very confusing year uh, for determining the trajectory of the team. We talked about rebuilding, maybe trading Brock Nelson. And then we signed Bo Horvath. Uh, After a first round exit, it's been quite the summer for me, at least, uh, thinking about what the future of the team is. And you know what? We're about to find out next week. So I really couldn't be more excited. There's no Nickelodeon night this year, which is kind of sad. So maybe that's why it's 9 out of 10. But yeah. All right. Sarah, you want to go? Uh, sure. Um, things are going to get cynical. I um, My excitement level is probably a 9 out of 10. Only because I just feel like uh, it was pretty quiet in terms of like uh trades and just regular goings on during the off season like a lot of unknowns as well but you know i'm trying to stay optimistic so that's where the nine comes from oh right, yeah i'm a 10 out of 10 and if you're anything less than a 10 out of 10 you're not a real islanders fan so wow. <laughs> you gotta always believe it keep them <laughs> yeah you gotta always believe um i am the realest islanders fan that exists i'm actually i said 10 out of 10 but i'm it's really a 10.5 out of 10 um mm. not, not quite an 11 that would be ridiculous uh and so um my general feelings are we made the playoffs you know we squeaked into the playoffs last year as we all know anything can happen in the playoffs florida who got in behind us in the playoffs made it to the stanley cup final last year so i mean I think uh, Sterling as a resident Panthers fan uh, as well as Islanders fan is, you know, like <laughs> I think you discounted them, you know, earlier on than I, or maybe everybody did. Um, so yeah, I'm super optimistic and uh, I'm uh, and we'll, we'll get into more stuff later, but I'm super optimistic. Well, I'm glad that I put myself last because um, I thought I was going to be the optimist. I, I, I had a seven out of 10. You guys, um, so the reason for the seven, um, which is, it's funny because from what I've seen from other fans, like it's probably more towards like a five or a lower. And I think that the reason that I have a seven is I'm a little bit more optimistic than them because I think, um, you know, having a full season out of Horvat and Engvall and Horvat playing with Barzal and Barzal hopefully staying healthy, um, could be really big for us. And, I know it's the preseason, but I was at the Ranger game at UBS and, you know, I saw the potential of, um, you know, what they could do if they get the lines rolling. And I saw uh, chemistry between Horvat and Barzal um, and Horvat looked a little bit more confident. So excited by that. 
Um, I guess where it comes down from you guys a little bit is knowing that because they're very locked in to their contracts and they're very locked into having to win right this instant. Um, mm. If they're not good, it's going to get ugly <laughs> in terms of like outlook for the team. Um, you know, they have a lot of guys that are a little bit older and are here for the long haul. And there are some contracts that they signed this off season that are very long, probably longer than they should have been. And so I feel like they need to play really well out of the gate to alleviate those worries. You know, like the contract, like Varley, a little bit long, four years. Um, Engvall, I'm not worried about because he's young and he looked really good with that line last year. Um, and I think Mayfield is the one that everybody's like, oh boy, seven mm-hmm. years. Not this, I mean, like he's still in his prime, but for how much longer? And seven years is a lot. And then I, I think the other long con- contract that everybody's happy about is that we signed Sorokin for eight years. Yeah. And if the, the, the cap is supposed to, there was a rumor today. Well, not a rumor. It's Elliot Friedman. So you would think it's pretty, um, pretty real um, that the cap's going to go up to like 88 million, which would mean all those contracts are better value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will see. Uh, I think this, you know, the vibes will be very quickly amazing or terrible as is the Islanders fan base. Like that's, that's just par for, for the course. Um, all right. So then why don't we start with, we can either start with who's primed for a breakout of this season or who's in the hot seat. So which one do you guys want to do first? I I think we start with hot seat and finish on breakout because it's more positive. To finish. All right. All right. Tom, tell us, start with, we'll just kind of go around, you know, just like say who, so who we think in the hot seat hmm. and uh, you know, we'll just go back and forth. Yeah, so I have um, one player uh, definitely on the hot seat, and the other one is like sort of, even though it doesn't really matter. Wallstrom, and I feel like that's like the obvious answer to this offseason. Um, he's been practicing a little bit with the first line. It's a big, big, big year for him because, um, you know, he's got to show something. He just got that, um, you know, very small extension. Um, and He's got some guys, you know, fighting him for playing time. Fashing showed out pretty well last year. Holmstrom is, you know, a prospect. He's still getting there. Uh, Gautier really worked his butt off in the uh, in the preseason. So, you know, none of those guys have the pedigree of Oliver Wallstrom, you know, taking, what was it, 11th overall. Um, but, you know, he's got guys that were producing a little bit last year. Um, well, Fashing mostly. Um but some guys that are working hard to to nip at nip at his heel. So big year for him. Um, he needs to score. If he plays on the first line, like you would hope, twenty goals or more. Um, you think he's capable of that because he's had some decent years. I don't think he's ever topped like fifteen goals. Um, well, that that's uh, and something Sterling I know might might know a bit more about, but like his ice time has always been variable and it's either because of injuries or uh, last, last year, you know, was injured for a little while or on, or no, he's injured for a while last year. And uh, you know, but then the year before that he wasn't playing every game and stuff. So I don't know. I definitely agree, but I think my concern is, you know, will he still ha- stay healthy enough? I think he'll play well enough. You know, I don't think uh, I'm optimistic about that, but I don't know. What do you think? Thanks, Sterling. Here's my biggest concern, honestly, about him. And he's my favorite player, so I'm going to have an optimistic view. But 
I see a lot of argument about, you know, he didn't really get the chance to play with Barzell or in a top line position. And like, just based off my recollection from last season, I, I don't know if that's the case. I feel like he did get ample time with Matt Barzell last year. Granted, there was still like Josh Bailey on the other side, but still, um, so that is a little worrying for me. I think the key for him this season is going to be special teams time. Uh, he really needs to play on the power play. That's how he's gotten most of his goals. And something I found really interesting from the preseason was that I thought all summer, like, oh, it's obvious he should be playing, you know, the Ovechkin position. But they've been playing him down low. And there's this, like, new play they're testing out a bunch, which is uh, Barzell on the half boards. They're feeding it to Wallstrom, who's sitting by the goal line. And then just a one-touch pass to Horvat in the slot, and he gets a one-timer off. Now, he hasn't scored on that yet, but they've had maybe four grade-A chances from that. So there might be something there, and I would like to see him get to play with those two a bit more. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Mm. So, yeah, you don't think it's... uh, You're not buying into the ice time thing, even though he only played 35 games last season. It's true. The time on ice, I agree, is still not up to where it should be, but when people say he doesn't play with the right people and he played with Barzell a bunch. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I, I think uh, also with him, like ice time, definitely he averages for his career, 12 minutes of ice time a game, which is not a lot. Um, It's, it's tough. It's like a chicken or the egg thing. Like, do you put him on the first line because you need him to produce? Um, Or is that a bad look? Because like you're forcing it and, he like needs to earn it. So I don't, I don't know. Like I think for now, I like him starting the year on that line and giving it a go because he could benefit from what looks like some, some good chemistry between Horvat and Barzal. Um, man, if he can't, if he can't get it to work from there, I'm a little bit worried because that feels like a really, really good spot for him to succeed. Even if it's on his off wing for now. Um, I was encouraged in the uh, preseason game I went to, that Lee and Pajot combined for a goal since they might start the year playing together. Um, so I will say this, not having Josh Bailey, no offense to Josh Bailey, not having Josh Bailey, I feel like opens things up a lot to trying other stuff out. And I'm excited with the opportunity that Wallstrom can get. And I'm really, really hoping that it, that it works out. I was, uh, I was waiting for the opportunity to talk about Josh Bailey uh, mm. one of the most underrated players of all time. Uh, <laughs> you say that facetiously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he... Uh, Tom, you have not made your love-hate relationship with Josh Bailey. Um, you've not hidden in your love-hate relationship with Josh Bailey and how he plays. Uh, and so I I, I think, yes, it is, it's unfortunately good for the team that you know he's no longer on it, but... Will we see a similar effect when Leo Komarov left? You know, and I, I knew Sterling was going to react to this. <laughs> liner Leo Komarov. <laughs> yeah, first liner Leo Komarov. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I really want to get Sterling's opinion on that, and it could. It's probably not as dramatic, but I need to know what you think. Well, like Leo Komarov was one of the best first liners we've ever had, <laughs> and then he left. 
he left and we started missing the postseason. Josh, uh, he was one of the first liners of all time. I'll go with that. And now that he's gone, maybe we'll win the Stanley Cup. Oh, know. so inverse, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would really suck for Josh for being on the team Here. for what? How many years? Like 19 oh, years? Yeah, like, 20 years. And oh, wait, I think. Oh, wait. So, yeah, 15 years, 15, I guess. 16. Um. And, uh, yeah, and the first season he's gone, we win the Stanley Cup. I mean, look, I wouldn't feel that bad for him. I'd rather have the Stanley Cup. But, uh, so, yeah, I, don't know. I, I think, uh, I think, I do think it's unfortunately good that he's gone. But, uh, I don't know. What do you, so, Sterling, obviously, you said anything. I don't know if Sarah or Tom. I mean, from like a strictly objective standpoint, yes, it's obviously pretty good that he's gone because he was kind of a dead weight. The last couple of years, but in terms of like, uh, just the team culture and like locker room presence, obviously, he was a huge part of it. He's on the team for 15 years, like, you can't uh negate that. There'll be a power vacuum in the locker room, and Ross Johnston will take over and become no, new, no. yes. <laughs> Brock Nelson time, baby. It's assistant captain Brock Nelson time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I don't know if we want to keep on talking about Josh Bailey or not. Uh, you know, it's – it's Okay. Not, not, <laughs> no, sorry. I'm a Josh Bailey apologist. <laughs> I just, I just I, want to – there, yeah, there are, you go. There are some people that are obsessive and uh, need to let go because he's not on the team anymore. No, no, I'm not that bad, but I just like the, the other way, like people that hate him. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless he scores for Ottawa against us. So I guess he can hurt but, him. Or like if you hate Josh Bailey, you're not even expecting that because you probably don't even think he's gonna get signed off the PTO, which is possible. <laughs> um, so uh so all right, so we talked about Wallstrom, we talked about Bailey. Bailey's no longer in the hot he was in the hot seat and now he is off of it yeah, in a bit. Yeah, he would have been in the hot seat. Um, okay, so yeah, who else is in the hot seat? Uh, Sterling, you want to say your next person? Because we probably yeah, have sure. some lists, but yeah, uh, with this roster, it's very hard to find them because you know they're all locked up long term. But I will just go ahead and nominate Hudson Fashing. This is nothing against him, but I feel like we're at the stage where we've signed forward depth if they. If, let's say Gauthier or Gauthier, whatever his name is. Let's say he turns out to be a nice piece for you. Then, I, I don't know. I think Hudson Fashing is kind of expendable at that point. Um, they're going to keep trying to push Simon Hol- Holmstrom making a roster spot. They're already doing that in preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. Wallstrom is definitely, I think, going to get a chance over him this season. Um I don't know. I feel like he's at this stage in his career where he is what he is. And if we have better options, he'll just be a scratch most of the time, I think. Hmm. That's interesting with fashing. I think, um, you know, it's completely possible that, you know, last year was an aberration. It was, I mean, we just talked about before the podcast, he had played games in five separate NHL seasons and had scored one goal prior to being an Islander. And then, Last year he gets a chance, all of a sudden he scores 10 and he's 19 points. Um, he, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good underrated pick for the hot seat because it's not really 
um, based off what he did last year. He was great last year. And it's more so, yeah, having a few more guys behind him, especially Holmstrom, who's a guy that we drafted in the first round. And even though he hasn't been like an offensive dynamo yet, uh, he's a guy that I think the team likes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in a perfect world, like I said before, uh, uh, before the pod, fashion would overtake Clutterbuck. Um, and then you could play both, you know, whoever breaks out um, and fashion at the same time. Um, so, you know, when Clutterbuck retires um, and Clutterbuck missed a lot of games last year and he's been getting hurt a lot more and more as he got as he's gotten older. I think I like the fact that they can push fashing around the lineup and then bring up Holmstrom or uh, Gautier if he if he works well. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because I I don't know what Cal Clutterbuck's contract is, but um, do you guys know off the top of your head how much longer he has? This is it, I think. What? Yeah. He got like a two. I think this is the second year of it. Oh, okay, yeah. So, because um, it's just I, like I expect Cal to maybe play half the games this season because he's going to get injured. You know, like I just—it's unfortunate. It's just the way he plays the game, and it's also unfortunate because he has a really good shot. He's a great player, and you know, he's obviously just very physical. Um, uh, so that's interesting. It would be interesting to kind of, but see, like here's the thing: like if Fashing took over that whether it was a fourth line position or something, you know, it's like, it wouldn't be the same type of player. It'd be, you know, but I guess that's how the, everybody says the game is going right. More skill-based. So. I don't think it's um, extremely different. I think it's just a younger version. I mean, it's definitely Clutterbuck's more of a grinder for sure. Mm. Gates and he's really good at getting the other team off their game. Fashing is more of like a hard work. Um, seems like a heart and soul type guy, like a perfect guy for your fourth line. Mm. Um, Clutterbuck, by the way, you were almost exactly right. Last year, he played 49 games. So, yeah, like maybe, you know, expect half the games. Um, he had 12 points um, in 49 games. Like for reference, Martin had 19 in 81. So Clutterbuck, like when he, you know, he's going to be more productive than Martin for sure. Um, and uh, who else is there? Holmstrom only had nine points in 50 games. He's like a defensive forward. Um Fashing had 19 points. So, um, Fashing, in the same amount of games, Fashing had 19 points to Clutterbuck's 12. So, I think it's just an offensive version of Clutterbuck. I would love him on the fourth line. And the the only thing is, he wouldn't be my pick for Hoxie if we had a different GM. But, like, Lou Amarillo, like, I'm totally expecting him to re-sign Cal for maybe one or two more years. And... You know what, I'll just go on a very short rant how he should be on the hot seat. Uh, you know, actually, I'll spare that for another time. But yeah, so Lou, uh, I'm expecting more chaos with. And he's actually my vote for a hot seat. Okay. That's interesting. I was going to say uh, Lane Lambert. And this is, this is, you know, like... I actually wasn't thinking this, and then I literally got an ESPN notification today being like, coaches that are on the hot seat, and Lane Lambert was the first one. And it was like across hockey and football. And wow. so, and I was like, totally disagreed with it. I was just like, so I, and then I tried to read the article, and it was an ESPN Plus article. So I was like, all right, well, never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have no idea why. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, Tom? That just feels like a weird thing. It's like, ah, put two sports in a hat. Ah. It was very weird, yeah. But either way, so um, so I was thinking like it, but it just it just made me question that I was like, <laughs> well, I'm expecting him to do at least as good as last season. If and I am 
uh, obviously hoping that they, the team does better and the team responds to his coaching. You know, it's similar to Trotz's style and everything as uh, as he was assistant coach, coach under uh, Barry Trotz. But um, I think he's only going to get better, truthfully. I think there's upside for him as a coach. It's, it's his second. It's going to be his second season coaching uh, at being the head coach. And so I'm very optimistic. But if things go sideways, you know, I you know, I could see people blaming him. I could see us in a future podcast from now mm-hmm. blaming him for everything and Lou. But, mo- you know, you know, either way. Yeah, but that's just typical New York. Like one season <laughs> and he's already like you know, get him out. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that he, like, I, the pressure's not on right now, but, like, middle of the season, it's, you know, if things are going okay, you know, I think the pressure, you know, could, could he be going better, I mean, you know what I mean? The pressure will be, will be starting to turn up on him. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I think, um, I think that's probably a popular opinion because I don't think, I, look, I am someone admittedly way too early last year. I think I said he should be fired. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, having the full year now and now the off season to kind of digest it um, last year has kind of aged better for me um, because first of all, Barzal played 58 games. Uh, who else? Pelic Pelic played 61. So they're missing significant time. For one of their, maybe their most important forward, although Nelson might be that, and maybe they're probably their most important defenseman. Um, and the the way they were able to navigate and still get in, even though you know it was, you could you could fairly say the Penguins just did not want to make the playoffs, and that's why we got <laughs> in. That's part of it. I mean, they lost to Chicago, and Andreas Athanasiu is now my god. But um, I I think there's a case you can build that, and also the the fact that Carolina who beat us, obviously, Carolina dispatched Jersey real easy. And I think that makes us look way better in retrospect because it's like, like I thought Jersey finished way ahead of us in the standings um, is a team that's way more sexy because they got a lot of more young talent and people are hyped for them. But the Islanders were the harder out for Carolina. Um, so I, I'm going into this year um, with a fresh slate on, on lane. You could even say it's slightly positive. Um, but at the same time, like Sarah said, it is New York. And I feel like that changes so quickly. So, like, I don't know. They could start, like, two and six. And all of a sudden, he is in the hot seat. So, I can see that. But, like, wh- I-, I also share a similar taste to you. But, like, the thing about, you know, we're in the New York fan base is how are there still – Lou apologists every single year, but not for the coaching. Because I don't know, I think it's kind of ridiculous if he fired Lane this year and he's still here for another two years. Like, this is why he built. I, I frankly had enough of it. I, I don't know why he's still here, made some awful decisions this offseason, I thought. And we're talking about firing his second coach before him. I don't know. I can't really get on board with that. I think the reason for that is it is accepted that ownership respects what he's done uh, like a lot. And they're probably afraid of him a little bit. And so it feels very much like Lou is going to be here until he does not want to be here. And I think a lot of Islander fans probably acknowledge that. 
And so I think that's maybe why um, some of the, the stuff gets passed on to Lane because it's like Lane is less a permanent fixture because Lane has not won multiple Stanley Cups, even though they were years ago. Um, I think that's why I, – I think if Lou – if you took Lou's um, – it's it's hard to take that out because it's like who Lou is. Like he has a resume that's really good. Uh, if Lou were a different GM, having just done these moves with no history, uh, I think it would probably be even worse <laughs> in terms of like anger towards him because it'd be like, who's this guy? He doesn't know what he's doing. I, I I wouldn't call myself a Lou apologist, but I I like the I love the Sorokin deal. I I am like someone that actually likes the Angval deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Varley one, money-wise, is fine. The years are too much in Mayfield. Probably both are a little... I mean, the money's probably fine, and the years are too much. So um, I don't think it was a terrible offseason. Um, if you consider that they got Corvette and Angval last year. And so, like, how are they compared to when they started last year? Definitely better. Um, but, yeah. So that's me. I'm... I guess some people might paint that as a Lou apologist. Um, <laughs> I wish I wish he had done other things, but I, I do think they have a good enough team to do things. I'm not going to give away where I think they're going to go in the standings. Yeah, yeah. And one more thing. I've seen the argument about us now versus the beginning of last year. And, you know, that's fair. I'd like to propose back. Uh, what are we now versus the team that got eliminated by Carolina? And that's what frustrates me the most is we didn't really change. I mean, we lost a great piece in Zach Parisi from that team, and we're bringing back Wallstrom, but, like, I don't know. That might be his upside at 20 goals for this year. Um, And I'm on the same page with you about the Engvall and Sorokin deals, but, like, Mayfield, I didn't even want back in the first place, and we have him for seven years. I don't think anybody him back. I am yeah. pro Mayfield. I like. I don't. Um, I don't like the deal necessarily, but I do like Mayfield. He's grown on me a lot. And okay. wait, wait, quick thing. I do think that the Mayfield deal, uh, if he's still playing, let's say, if he hasn't shown too much signs of regression in four or five years, like he can be traded probably at least for something. Um, you know, so all right. I, <laughs> I think they're all like no movement clauses too. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, like I, I, I disagree. I think um in a few years he's gonna be completely untradeable, even if he's still okay. His his style but it's about is- loyalty, Tom. What do you not understand? <laughs> okay. It's about loyalty to the team and to the players. Who is the godfather? I do think his loyalty goes a little bit too far, and I think the Mayfield deal is like exhibit A. Uh, yeah, and Clutterbuck. Like I, I like Clutterbuck. I really do. I like him as a player. Um, I think they probably should have cut bait last year. And uh, with the emergence of fashion, I would have liked fashion to be in that spot. But uh, you know, it's what it is. I mean, four years for Varley. Like he's going to be thirty-nine at the end of that. I know the money is not an issue, but like. We are okay. It's the preseason, but we saw Skarik and like he was whatever. He's a backup. You can find backups. You don't need a 35 year old for four years. Definitely. Like, I it's weird because, like, I think the deal I was expecting was 
uh, 2.5 for two or three, like the third being like the loyalty year. And so I was pretty surprised that four feels like a lot. Uh, I, I think Lou puts a lot of stock into locker room chemistry and it sounds like Sorokin and Barumov are like real, real good buddies. Um, you know, I don't know if I would run things that way where, you know, cause I feel like that can go the other way that can get lead to complacence because these guys know they're here forever and they're playing with their best buddies and they're just going to go golf if they lose anyway. But, um, I I'm hoping that the fire is back. I feel like the prove people wrong mentality, um, that they had when Tavar in the wake of Tavares leaving kind of faltered a little bit over the last two years where you got, um, a missed playoffs and then a first round exit. Um, so I hope, I, I, I don't know. I hope the little bit of depth that we have that can put some pressure on some of the guys in the bottom six will hopefully start to get those fires going again. Um, For sure. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, my, the last person I have on my, on my hot seat, and I didn't look at the players' contracts before this, which I should have. Uh, he is Kyle Palmieri. Mm-hmm. Um, again, more so due to injuries. Because uh, I, you know, I know he's practicing with the team. He hasn't played in the preseason yet. Um, and last year, I just pulled his stats up. He played fifty-five games last year. So, and I really like Kyle Pomeri. Uh, so I don't know what his contract is though. But I think he he's also he's been kind of streaky. So you know, like sometimes, like I, I'd be expecting a bit more from him. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's going to leave the team. But yeah, yeah. I I think uh, he had thirty-three points in fifty-five games. Um, you know, I, I I think let's I'm gonna give it a little bit of time and see how it works with Angball um season again. But I liked what I saw towards the end of the end of last year. I agree. I think he needs to be a little bit more consistent. I know that Brock is pretty much the scorer on that line that like actually pots the goals, but I think Paul Mary needs to um add that a little bit more because I think Sterling brought up a good point. You know, they're going to have to make up for the loss of Paul Mary, Paul, I, Paul Mary, the loss of Parise. Parise had 21 goals last year. Um, and, and you know, right now you're relying on some guys to pick up the slack a little bit to make up for that. Um, Wally is fully capable of, of you know, it, I think his career high in goals is 13 Wally. And if he can just boost that a little bit uh, and he got similar numbers from fashing, maybe more from fashion um, playing, you know, if fashion gets an opportunity to play on the first line, if Wally doesn't work out, like, I don't know. I, I think they can scrounge together those 21 goals um, that Parise leaves. Um, and I think a lot of that is relying on somebody I, I forgot to put as like my secondary hot seat, Bo Horvat. And that's not like a hot seat, like he's in any danger of being gone, but more so like the fan base seems split on him. And he was uh, last year, uh, 16 points in 30 games. He's going to need to do better than that this year, but I think it also needs to be kept in mind that Simon Holmstrom was on his line and um, no offense to Simon Holmstrom, but he's not Matt Barzal. When Barzal was hurt, it was pretty tough for uh, Horvat to get things going. Full year, fresh slate, I think Horvat can make up also, uh, help pitch in for those missed goals. Um, cool. Yeah, certainly. I don't know. Any, so any, I'm, that's it for me for, what I was thinking was on the hot seat. I don't know if anybody else has any other additions before we move on. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, since you brought up Simon Holmstrom, I don't think he's on the hot seat at all, but just 
I don't like what's going on with him. Nine points in 50 games. You just framed your argument in the terms of Horvat had Holmstrom on his line, thus he wasn't great. But like the other way, Holmstrom had Horvat on his line and he only put up nine points over the whole season. They're trying to force him in this left wing one position in the preseason. And like, I recognize he's young, so I'm not fully giving up on him yet. But, like, he's a defensive player. He'd be great on the third line, I think. I I don't like the beginning signs of the season of what they're trying to do with him at all, especially not when this is a make-or-break year for guys like Wallstrom, Fashing, et cetera. Yeah, I think, I think it's a good thing that Wallstrom now looks to be practicing with the first line because Wallstrom – his play, you know, the type of player he was um, in, you know, coming out of the draft was a player that you would expect to be a sniper playing in the top six. So now Wallstrom getting that chance out of the gate, I think would be ideal. And Holmstrom, um, like you said, he's young, I think 21 or 22 still um, more of a defensive player. Yeah. I think Holmstrom is going to be a career bottom six guy. Um, and his defensive um, outlook is good. So, yeah, I, I, I think, he was, I think he was there in the preseason to test out like contingency plans for other things. Mm. So um, if he actually does end up there and it's not because of injury, um, I will be pretty worried. I will not be happy if Lane goes that route for no reason. Uh, unless like we start and like the first line's doing nothing and you got to do something to shake it up. And then even then you could probably argue Holmstrom's not the guy to start the scoring on the first line. So yeah, I, I think um, he's somebody that that pick um yeah he's a first line a first round pick and it seems to me that he doesn't have a, a ton of offensive upside that seems like maybe a guy you don't want to take in the first round yeah i met him so he's great and he's gonna score 50 goals i'm sorry right yeah well i guess at this point should we start being more optimistic happy and talking about guys we're excited about yeah, break Let's out. Do it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so why don't uh, we have friend James start. Sorry, I cut you off. That's no, okay. I was, why don't we have you guys, uh, Sarah and James, start? We'll reverse it. Am I start? Okay. All right, Sarah, start. Um. Well, just off the top of my head, I have Horvat and uh, Engvall, only because we only saw them as Islanders for. Half like for um Horvat and like what like three quarter uh, uh, quarter of the season for Ingvall. Let's see. So I feel like we haven't really gotten the opportunity to see them like come into their own as Islanders, and this year I really feel like they will probably have a lot of opportunities to be able to develop individually uh, as players and like chemistry wise with everybody else and um what was the other thing oh wallstrom as well like if he stays healthy because i really feel like that injury set him back a lot obviously and if he has a good season i really really feel like he could be Someone of the same caliber as Barzal. So, speaking of Barzal, I think Bo and Barzal are gonna be 
everything we've ever wanted this season. <laughs> We're going to be, it's going to be like magic. It's going to be not the same, but comparable to McDavid and Dreisaitl. You know what I mean? It's going to be that level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not insane, but I do think that like, I I'm hoping the chemistry will be there this season. And uh, I'm, very very excited to see them like playing a full season together um and uh i'm very hopeful that you know it'll go as good as uh like david and dry but anyway so i don't know that, that they're the biggest ones i'm hoping for a breakout what about you guys i'm never gonna forgive you for like if that gets clipped <laughs> <laughs> like this, oh man oh man i'm retiring somebody just <laughs> awful trade offer in fantasy football anyway sterling sterling yeah i think i know yours but go ahead oh really is it well wild? well i mean of course i was already said so i had to think of other people uh so besides oliver wallstrom two people i had in mind are julian gautier and i do have my reservations about him i'm not sure if he'll be a full-time player but when he is in the lineup, I was, like, super impressed by his speed in the preseason. He looked pretty good and, like, nothing crazy, but uh, potentially could add much-needed speed to the lineup. And my other pick, which is unlike me, I'd say, I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo. I have not been a fan of him at all. I, for some reason, I have faith in him this year, uh, being good defensively. I really want to see him jump up on the rush a bit because we're lacking that on defense. And he's probably the fastest defenseman we have. I'm not too sure, though. Maybe it's just the ESPN, or not ESPN, MSG commentary from the other night persuading me. But yeah, I think in a season where our defense might not be amazing. I would like to see him step up, and I think he's capable of it. I like that. That's a very under the like undercover pick. Um, it was funny. Somebody pointed out like it's weird to say this for a defenseman and a center, but like he had chemistry with Barzi last year. <laughs> Barzi's behind the net. He would spot um, Aho pit, um, pinching, and and Aho would score. I think a couple of times. I think that happened. Um, that's interesting. 23 points in 71 games for Maho last year. It's pretty good. Um, I think he needs to clean up his, uh, he's got one advanced stat, which is one fall per game. Once <laughs> he just falls down for no reason. And I think he started cleaning that up. I think it used to be closer to 1.5. Now it's probably down to one. Um, so yeah, I like that. That's an interesting one. Uh, for me, um, number one is Angval. Uh, Angval played in 18 regular season games and put up nine points. It took him a little bit to get going. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, he was healthy scratched a couple times early on uh, after the trade deadline. And it was like, oh boy, we just traded for this guy. He's not even freaking playing in the games. And then um, they were able to get him acclimated. Um, and that line is a problem. It seems like Engvall, Nelson, Palmieri uh, seem to give teams fits. Um, he had two points in the six playoff games. Um, he brings a little bit more speed. Um, I'd much rather see him there than than Bailey on the second line. Um, it's giving them an excuse to move Lee down to the third, which I think is something that they've needed to do. Um, 
very excited, especially uh, Engvall getting a full season next to last year, 36. Let me just make sure that's right. 36 goal scorer, Brock Nelson. Um, Brock, man, this, I, I have the white uh, fisherman right here. I'm getting Brock put on the back of it. Nice. Yeah. And, I dropped uh, Tennessee. He had 75 points last year, and ESPN thinks he's going to drop by 30. I'm all in on Brock. Buy all the Brock. This is financial advice. Uh, <laughs> um, Brock, yeah. I So this is actually probably should have mentioned in the hot seat thing. I, I don't think Brock's in the hot seat, hot seat, but I do wonder if we're going to see these like same high numbers from people that put up a lot of points last year. So Brock, obviously, but he's been reasonably consistent the past couple of years, so I'm not worried about him. But I yeah. do worry. Are you are you worried about Brock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm seriously not. I think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be better. Sorry, I cut you off. What did you say? I'm going to send the secret Brock police after you. Bro, I have his jersey. It's right there. I mean, <laughs> the secret Brock police. There, there it is. Um, need to remember where you live. So, uh, uh, but also Dobson, and so like I feel like Dobson, we relied on him a lot of score on for scoring mostly early last season. Yeah. But it does make me wonder. It's like, are we? Are we looking at, you know, things that could have been aberrations or things that could have been points that aren't reproducible for the next for this upcoming season and kind of expecting that to be, you know, part of the Islanders game. And I again, like I feel like my my intuition says that Brock and Dobson will probably uh, be relatively close to whatever their point totals were last year. But um, but I. I think a lot of like of the analysts and stuff are always like, oh, it was just like a one off, you know, because like whatever the advanced stats don't, I don't know, don't agree with it or something like that. I'll kill them. <laughs> it is Brocktober. That I don't actually, I will not actually do that. I, <laughs> I do. Legal reasons. <laughs> yeah. I think Brock, um, God, isn't he so dreamy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, sorry. Now I'm looking at, at Brock to see I the pictures of Brock. Pictures of Brock, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, a little bit of a jump. Uh, he had 59 points in 72 games the year before. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's probably tough to replicate 75, but if he's anywhere near that again, uh, I'm pretty happy. Um, yeah, just feels like uh, if he can do something similar to that and Horvat can do something similar similar to what he was working on in Vancouver, then we're all of a sudden we're absolutely cooking. And if well, uh, if I know anything about advanced stats, is that plus minus is the most important advanced stat there is. And yeah. Brock, it was a plus 13 last year. So, man. Yeah. Man, I don't – yeah, Brock Brock is fast becoming my new Franz Nielsen. No one's <laughs> ever – least Franz Nielsen. He's always going to be my favorite, but – I was at the game where Brock scored his first goal, so I feel like there's a there's a close kinship. We're good buddies. So Sterling, <laughs> Sterling is Brock becoming your uh, Leo Komarov? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> but, but I will say this: I don't know if I've said it on here before, but the last year I lived in New York, um, I lived in an apartment building on Long Island, and I believe there were four Islanders who lived in the same building. And I remember it was Brock Nelson was one of them. And then the others were guys like Ryan Strom and maybe like 
Shane Prince or something. But yes, he was at that time, like when I heard he lived there. Yeah, Shane Prince. Uh, When I heard he lived there, he was the type of player where it was like, oh, that's cool. Like an Islander lives in my building. But like now he's one of the best players on the team. So it's pretty remarkable the steps he's taken. Yeah. Yeah. And he owes it all to Barry Trotz. The second Barry Trotz stepped in, all of a sudden, Brock turned into this fantastic uh, forward. Um, yeah. So I think we oh, – wait, did I go? Yeah, I went. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Gauthier was like a, like a smaller candidate as well. Like if there's any injury time or somebody's not produced, like fashing like turns back into an AHL or uh, Gauthier showed some some capabilities. Um, absolute snipe in the, um, the flyer game. Like just so hard a slap shot that none of the cameras picked it up. Um, that that's fun. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, roster wise, uh, we can transition into the last Islander. Well, the second to last Islander discussion, but this will be quick. Um, I really, I, I would love, sounds mean. No, I would prefer that Ross Johnston does not make the team. I agree. Uh, <laughs> who agrees? Who agrees with that? I feel like make it easier. Yeah. James is a big Ross guy. So probably not. Mm. Uh, I, I I just don't see what he adds when the team seems to be finally getting a little bit faster. He adds penalty minutes. He adds, uh, you know, a lot of just adds. Not actual hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Uh, the uh, third, I think it was the third preseason game. I can't remember if it was the first preseason game against the Rangers or this or the third game uh, where they played the Rangers again. Where it was just like the second he steps on the ice, it's like he's just oh, yeah, he's yeah. just targeting guys. You know, I, I it's just what Who wants to go? Who wants to fight? It's like Yeah. Fight. And it's so it's it's just like a ridiculous it's kind of ridiculous almost that that's even tolerated in a sense. Um but uh but yeah, I do like Ross. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. And know. you know, he just has some anger issues and <laughs> He puts that above being good at hockey. <laughs> so, but I mean, the value, the legitimate value is protecting the young players. So um, he's probably not a bad guy to have so that like people don't try, you know, some uh, other other players or other teams don't try and, you know, essentially bully the younger players on the Islanders. So I don't know. Um, out of all the options. Yeah, I don't think he should make the roster, but, you know. I wouldn't hate it. I feel like from an enforcer perspective, you have Martin to do the same thing. I know Martin's older and probably doesn't want to fight as much anymore because he's like, can I get out of this league without more concussions and fights? Um, But I mean, I Clutter's more of an instigator than a fighter, but yeah, I I don't know. Johnston, I would just start him in the AHL and then call him up when there's a game. Like if there's an injury, you can call him up and you put him in a game where you're playing against the Rangers and you want to just have fights 24-7. I don't know. I don't feel like I, – I feel like they have made small progress in um, making themselves faster by having um, Julian Gauthier and, um, you know, having a guy with a little bit of promise like Simon Holmstrom. We know what Ross is. Like, uh, I just – the only way that makes any sense is if – Holmstrom is the one that goes down and they wait and see if Holmstrom lights up the AHL. And then you call Holmstrom back up and send Ross down. Cause you don't have to worry about anybody claiming Ross on waivers. Um, so 
No, what the Rangers would do it just to like annoy the Islanders and their fan base. Yeah. What an annoy me when not annoy me. <laughs> no, annoy me, Rangers. <laughs> okay, one other guy that I want to center that this is a smaller conversation because there's not as much depth, but at defense and the seventh defenseman. So we're really nitpicking because it's a guy that's not going to start playing. He's going to start in the rafters watching the game in a suit. But I do not like Samuel Bullduke yet. Yet. Yeah. Um, he was real bad in that Canadians game where we clinched the playoffs last year because he single-handedly let the Canadians back into the game. It was amazing. He just didn't hustle back um, at all. He's slow. I don't see that offensive upside that apparently he has in the AHL. I'm not saying this is never going to happen for him but I'm very concerned when he has to play because I do not feel like he is an NHL player. He, he might be soon. He's, he's not old. Um, but it feels like he banished Robin Solo to the shadow realm. Um, and maybe Samuel Bolduc belongs in the shadow realm as well. And maybe Grant Hutton should be the guy that comes up uh, as a guy that I've seen not a ton of, but I've, what I've seen, he seems a little bit more confident on the puck. Um, so that's, I don't know. What do you guys feel about that? Do you guys have any, I mean, do you guys have any feelings about the Islanders seventh D man? I do actually. Yes. Um, I, I also wouldn't put him in my starting sticks at all. I don't hate him. I just don't like the options we have. Like Grant Hutton. Sure. Okay. He would be my pick too. But other than that, uh, we lost Parker Waterspoon. And Robin Salo, like, I was thinking, you know, we kind of got rid of him, didn't give him a fair chance. But from the few minutes he got that I saw in preseason, I wasn't impressed at all. I, I don't think he has a future with the team, to be honest. And then Dennis Chalowski is just horrible. So, like, I don't know. I'd go with Hudden, too, and then probably Boldu. Yeah, which I think you would, too. I think that's what you said. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of – I mean, how many sexy options are there at the seventh defense? <laughs> um, unless you're a team that, like, has a prospect and he's just waiting to play. Like, But, I mean, Bull Duke is apparently that, but I think he's probably got to play in the AHL a little bit more. But yeah, people were talking about, like – oh, uh, even Lane was saying, like, Isaiah George and Matthew Maggio are incredible, and – People were thinking that meant that they might have a shot at making the roster this year. Like, not even close from what I saw. No. Like, they'll be good for us. They, unlike Solo, I think, have a future, but not even close to ready. No. Yeah. James and Sarah, anything on the 7D man? Um, <laughs> no. That's completely fair. I... I don't know. I haven't like seen enough of these options to have an opinion. So <laughs> fair. I feel like not a lot of people probably have because they don't play. <laughs> and that's why they come to Belmont Bunch for these informed takes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know. I'm trying to too. I think I told most of the story, but now that we're talking about Robin Solo, when I met Simon Holmstrom, um, at first, I only recognized. Wait, him. Tom, did you meet Simon Holmstrom? <laughs> what? Are you? I have no idea. 
football at, at Eisenhower with some of our high school buddies and uh, went to the team store and saw a few guys that were clearly in shape. And I was like, no one's in shape. They must be professionals. So I saw them and I, uh, I, I reckon for some reason, it's literally just NHL be a GM mode brain rot on my side. I know everyone in the NHL space because I've looked at it so much <laughs> NHL GM mode. Um, so I recognized Simon Holmstrom. I was like, oh, that's Simon Holmstrom for sure. And then I, I went up and I just shoved my camera in, in the other chest and was like, take a picture of me. It's like, it wasn't that embarrassing. I'm exaggerating. Um, but then I was like, wait a second. You guys are Islanders as well. You're Sebastian Ajo. And it was. And I was like, oh, nice. And then I went to the third guy and I went, and you're, and you're, he goes, Robin Solo. And I'm like, that's right. Um, and I have an excuse for that. Um, his face is not in the NHL game. It's a blank. It's mm. one of the faces. So mm. that's nice his face. If his face was in the game, I for sure would have recognized him. Wow. What year was this? Uh, going into last season. Okay. And were you like, and do you know who I am? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> you're Mr. Belmont Bunch, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh and then you could have pointed i don't know if they still have that i haven't been to the team store in a while but they had that jersey that just said belmont on the back and like 21 <laughs> or whatever like you know for the first year that it was at for the stadium you like, that's my jersey that's me <laughs> gonna get that uh in pink but bedazzled as well <laughs> yeah same thing you know um okay so oh sorry tom i cut you off what'd you say I would get called unsavory names. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now that we got that out of the way, I had no idea Tom Tom met Simon Holmstrom. Um, is <laughs> so let's talk about the place predictions for the Islanders. Uh, you know, do they make the playoffs? Do they not? Where, if so, where do they end up? What's the narrative that we build around this season? Or the narrative we predict the season will be. Um, who wants to start? I can start, and I will be extremely quick and. You will yell at me if that's a lie. I'm asking. Please yell at me if that's okay. a lie. I, I, I did all my predictions today. I have the Islanders finishing in fourth in the Metro um, and getting a wild card spot. Uh, I think that uh, Horvat, a full year of Horvat with Barzi, Barzi in his career has been generally healthy. So full year with Barzi and Horvat, chemistry is good. Um, that gives Wallstrom a chance to break out. Um, I like the second line already a lot. The fourth line still is serviceable defensively. Um, and the third line could be really interesting. You're telling me Hudson Fashing is going to play with Pajot? Um, I like that. So uh, defensively, I'm, I, I think it's all, it's pretty good. Goaltending is great. I think it's it's never sexy with this Islander team. Those two playoff runs started with wild cards, and then, like, you know, they got hot. Um yeah, I think they get it. I do think they get it. So that I'll leave it at that. Well, where did you mention where you think they make it in the playoffs? Oh, oh, I didn't know we were going to go that far. Uh, um, are, do we want to? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I think the expectation will be for me. The season needs to include a playoff berth for sure. Uh, they're in a win now. They have to make the playoffs. Um, I think if they win a round, it will be – pretty happy if they win two rounds i'll be very happy and anything on top of that will be cake i don't think 
we're necessarily like a, I don't think we're a cup contender, but with a guy like Elias Sorokin, you always have a chance to make a run. We saw with the Panthers last year, you get a hot goalie and the team just hits their stride at the right time. The Panthers looked amazing. Um, so, you know, I think the Islanders could do that. So I think if I if you nailed me to a prediction, I'll say they get to the second round. All right, cool. Uh, Sterling, what do you think? Yeah, I will go with fifth in the Metro. Yes, they make the playoffs. So only three teams from the Atlantic in my eyes. Um, the team, like usual, has plenty of problems. I think the defense is actually kind of overrated at this point. Kalik uh, and Polak are... And they're they're aging all right. And then Dobson's not great defensively. Romanov can be a bit shaky. Scott Mayfield. Uh, but offensively, I do think they've been... They look to be one of the better teams we've seen maybe in the past five years offensively. So I think they'll sneak into a playoff spot. But I do really like a lot of the moves that other Metro teams made. And one team I wanted to bring up specifically is actually the Rangers because they've been taking a lot of hate. And I'm a fan. Like, Blake Wheeler, I that's a guy I wanted. And you signed him for one mil, I believe. That's amazing. Uh, Eric Gustafson on the back end, I, I loved what he was doing in Washington. Admittedly, he didn't get much playing time after he was traded to Toronto. And they already had, you know, their top guys like Canarin, et cetera. So I think they'll make the playoffs. Lots of people think they won't, but I'm saying they will. As for when we make the postseason, I'm kind of expecting another first-round loss, which is unacceptable considering we're in win-now mode. However, if we were to make the playoffs, like we previously mentioned, the cap is going up next year, I think, significantly. So... I can see why we couldn't do much this offseason, but like you got to make moves next year because this isn't a cup team. No way, not in my eyes. And for you to be in this fake win-now mode for the next five years is pretty unacceptable to me. So you got to make moves next year. For now, I think we'll be decent. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think the contract thing, like, and, and you know, this is where Lou would disagree with us, but I think Engvall is going to have to end up being a gigantic key on this team because um, that contract can can turn out to be amazing. It can if if um, you know he blossoms on that line uh, and he's making three million and he's playing second line. Like that's an amazing bargain for a second liner. Um, but that requires Engvall to like really 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 break out. And it's like how much better is he going to get? than half a point a game, which is what he was last year, which is already pretty good. But, like, I don't know. So, Lou obviously sees something in Engvall that he thinks could, you know, go to the moon. Um, so, yeah, I think Wallstrom and Engvall are going to be very important if they're going to, like, have any cup upside because they're going to need guys to score. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a fair worry to to worry that we're in limbo. Yeah, and this is, I think, been the worry for. Uh, we've kind of touched on it from time to time. 
it's just like you know where what's our future prospects if we don't win now it's like we're not in a rebuild so it's not like if we made it to the playoffs oh that's amazing because you know like our team's only going to get better you know it's not it's not the situation we're in with like the kind of puzzle of contracts that kind of tied us tied guys up for or have our tying guys up for a long time um you know so we don't expect them to get any better we just hope that they'll stay the same uh so my prediction is that uh i think uh so it was been the last five uh five of the last six years we made the playoffs or four of the last five years we made the playoffs we just missed two seasons ago um barry trotz's last season and we just missed and i think i don't know what it is like we've talked about this too mm-hmm. on the podcast whatever it is the islanders struggle getting into the playoffs but they are like such a you know difficult team to play against in the playoffs so um i think we'll i have a feeling we'll see uh concerns about that you know around the middle to towards the end of the regular season and um and but i do think we squeeze in mm-hmm. i'm i don't know i'm expecting us to not be a wild card spot but uh, I'm not going to complain if we are. And I'm also like pretty optimistic that we'll make it to the second round, but I would be very surprised if we made it past the second round. That's like my highest hopes. And, uh, you know, um, uh, but yeah, what were you, sorry, what did you say, Tom? James, what place do you have us being in? I don't actually have a place. So either third or fourth, you know, I, I don't know whether or not that would be like a wild card spot. I didn't like, yeah, plan it out. But um, yeah, I don't think anybody... I just I remember somebody, I think it was I think it was Tom from I don't know, two or three seasons ago, you were like, Islanders are finishing number one in the division. <laughs> I for sure got caught up in because that was coming out of the second bubble year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for sure got uh, like definitely overexcited because now I've recognized like even when the Islanders like are good, they're like not they're not a crazy regular season team. They're a good regular season team uh, that needs to stay. It's like you said, it's harder for them to make the playoffs than to play well in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they play a playoff, like a style that is difficult in the playoffs um, to face. Yeah. It's a big part of that. Um, Yeah. And so I don't blame, like, I don't, I wouldn't hold the prediction against you. I mean, like everybody after the second bubble year, we made the playoff, we made it to the conference finals two years in a row, you know, like, like yeah like everybody was high or at least all the, the fan base i think was very high on the team and so uh so um so yeah so my yeah my prediction being i i am very optimistic that we'll make it to the second round i won't be disappointed I, I honestly will just be happy to make it into into the playoffs um and i think it's very interesting what sterling said like next year if assuming we get a cap increase that gives us some flexibility to make important moves like to actually improve the team you know, and uh, maybe get some more favorable contracts. Whether or not Lou is the one that's doing that, I don't know. With knowing Lou, he'll just be like, "Oh, there's a four million dollar salary cap increase. Everybody just gets a, a raise." You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You've all been so loyal to the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my other predictions for the season is: I predict Wallstrom makes it through the entire season without any major inju- injuries. I don't know why I predict that. It's just you know a vibe. Um, and, uh, and I, I think we, I don't know. I'm, I'm pessimistic about the fourth line. I think the fourth line is going to be showing its age a lot. I didn't consider, definitely. I didn't consider fashing kind of taking over one of those spots. You know, that could, that could actually, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't say it would be a good patch, but maybe a good arc, 
you know, it transitions from, it's still an identity line, but, you know, just transitions from being this grinding line to, you know, more of like a, I don't know, just a, uh, I don't know, but still physical, but not as grinding, I guess. Yeah. On the, on the fourth line, I, I think I'd be most worried if Sezikis gets hurt only because, mm-hmm. um, who do you put it for C? Like, um, I don't know. Like, because the two scratch forwards I would bring onto the team are both wingers. It's Gautier and um, Holmstrom. And Johnston isn't – none of the guys that they're even considering for the extra roster spots are centers. Unless, actually, you know what? I, although I haven't really seen much of him, so it makes me think they're not considering bring uh, – Carson Kuhlman is a guy that has played in the NHL level, has played in a Stanley Cup final with Boston. Um, and we signed him seemingly to be that AHL – slash NHL guy in a pinch. Um, I guess we would probably call him up. Um, but I don't know. We have a lot of centers now. So, like, do you just put Barzi at first line center, put Horvat at 2C? I, I don't know. But, like, does it, it doesn't make any sense to put Nelson at 3C. And Pajot, I could see I, I could see Pajo in a world where he's older and on a smaller contract playing on the fourth line because Pajot has that fight. But – um. Yeah, I think maybe Carson Kuhlman is the guy in that case. And then it's not great, but it is a guy that has played in the NHL. So, is there any, uh, any <laughs> predictions for the season? Um, I will be pleasantly surprised if they are in fourth place by the end of the season. But I think it's more than likely that they'll squeeze in through like a wild card spot. And then... I mean, they'll be lucky if they make it past the first round, but if they do, it's going to be a second-round knockout. No question. Mm, Spoken like a true Islanders fan, you know? Just every step of the way, you're like, we'll be lucky if this happens, and we'll be lucky if that happens, you know? I just think it's it's really funny because, like, we went through our excitement levels, and then none of us had us going like that. I, I, I think there's a bigger there's a there's a fair question of like should we be okay with what we all just said, which is like first round, maybe second. So I think what James said is maybe a good follow-up to that, which is like, you know, there is the fallback that they'll have some cap space next year when the cap goes up. Um and we'll see, you know, what happens. But there's a lot of guys in this team with no trade <laughs> no trade. <laughs> So you better hope they're good because I don't know who they can even move out if they tried to. Um, so that's that. But um, yeah, should we move into our full predictions? I think yeah. So you and Sterling both pre- prepared full, like league predictions. So I will go. Uh, the way we're going to do it to get through it as quickly as possible is I'm going to do a division. Then Sterling's going to do a division. Like we're just going to say one through eight not even add any commentary and once we both have said it we're gonna add the commentary so uh certainly where do you want to start well let's start with the metro that's where we are all right for me because i have one division i'm really out there um but that is it is not the metro so i'm glad we're not starting with the crazy stuff metro hurricanes one devils two rangers three islanders four pens five cap six blue jackets seven flyers eight any differences for you? Wow. I'm just swapping Islanders and Penguins, and it's the same list. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, quickly going through that, like you get Eric Carlson and that is obviously a sexy move. Um, I am not enamored with the fact that uh, Nadelkovic is going to be their backup. And I think that the Penguins are going to have trouble in net. Um, but I do still have the, I mean, I have the Penguins at five, so I still have them contending. Um, slight spoiler, do not have the Penguins in the playoffs. So I have four teams from each division in the, um, in the East. Uh, making the playoffs. Um, I, I really was had a tough time not putting the Devils at one. Um, but, you know, the way that the Carolina Carolina plays kind of like what the Islanders kind of hope to do, which is um, be a really, really annoying, tough team to play against. But Carolina is able to sustain it for all 82 games, you know, and have that ridiculous, great regular season record, whereas the Islanders don't really do that. The Islanders are more of like, let's get in there and see what happens. So, um, yeah. So, all right. Pretty much an agreement there. Um, Atlantic, stay, I guess we'll stay there. This is the division that I have gone out and made some iffy picks. Um, yeah. One, Maple Leafs. I feel like that one's fairly easy. Two, Sabres. Uh, three, Bruins. Four, Lightning. Five, Panthers. Six, Sens. Seven Red Wings, eight Canadians. So I had a real, real, real tough time. I hate making decisions. So it was really tough to actually pick out. Um, for me, three teams in this division that made the playoffs last year got worse. If the Lightning were older and uh, have no Andre Vasilevsky now, that's a bit of a problem because Jonas Johansson is their guy now. That's a bit of a problem. Like they could figure this out. Um, I expect them to, I don't think there's much they can do because of the cap until the regular season starts and they could put Vasilevsky on LTIR. But uh, I think that's a slight problem that there's nowhere, there's no way they get Andre Vasilevsky level goaltending the first two months. Um, uh, For the Panthers, uh, the offense should be great. I don't know what we're going to see out of Bob. Spencer Knight's coming uh, back uh, from rehab. We'll see how he goes. I'm rooting for him. Um, but the, the Panthers are missing their best two defensemen for a significant amount of time to start the year. Brandon Montour was amazing in the playoffs. Um, and Aaron Ekblad. And so I'm kind of worried. I, it, it sounds like they're going to be out a while. Um, I, I Gustav Forsling has really blossomed for them. And uh, I think Josh Mahura has, has been pretty decent. I'm really worried, though, that uh, the Panthers are going to score a ton of goals, give up a lot of goals, and uh, they might dig themselves into a bit of a hole um, until they get their defensemen back. Uh, and then with the um, the light, uh, sorry, the Bruins, they 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 lost their top two centers. It's kind of a big deal. Um, so yeah, it, Sabers. I'm really depending on Devin Levi to be amazing, but I I love that offense so much. Um, so Sterling, what 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 do you got? Oh, I have quite the disagreeing list. Um, mine is Toronto at one, Florida at two, Boston at three, and th- those are your playoff teams. And Tampa at four, Buffalo at five, Ottawa at six, Detroit at seven, and Montreal at eight. So my, I'll start with Buffalo because they're the most interesting, I think. I think last year I might have been caught up in their fan base's comments a bit too much because everyone's talking about how Devin Levi is the future and he's amazing. 
And yes, he's young and all that, but like just objectively, I think he was sub nine ten in the games he did play. And I think he had a decent sample size, like maybe ten games or something. Um granted their goaltending wasn't great last year and they still almost made it, but whatever. Um the defense they brought in, we did talk about how they needed to get defenders. They did. Um Eric Johnson, I believe, was one and Okay, but what I'm most worried about is their offense. I don't know. Tage Thompson is amazing and whatever, but can some of the guys continue to be what they've been? Kyle Ocposo is definitely taking a roster spot, and I don't know how old he is now, but I wonder how much guys like him decline. And I'm more impressed with some of the other teams. Florida, like, yes, their defense is gonna be bad at the beginning but i think they did a good job of getting enough washed up veterans to fill in the place you know they had eric and mark Stahl last year they brought in guys like oliver ekman larson um dimitri kulikov so i think that'll stop the potential bleeding at the beginning of the year for them and yes bob is what he is so whatever so I put them comfortably at second because Boston, they were in for a rough off season. I think they handled it very well. I mean, it looks like they're going to uh, ice an NHL caliber roster at least. And I know there were some guys who like I've never heard of before. Maybe their second line winger or center on uh, forget what the website is, but it has the lines. But I think with their goaltending and some of their still offensive players, they should make it. Um, so I put them in third. And, okay, I'll talk one more team. Ottawa, right? That's the team that everyone says is making the playoffs. So every year, I don't like them at all. I don't like having Corpusalo be here starting goaltender. Um, the chicken chick ring trade was fine last year. But losing to Brinkett's going to hurt. I like Dominic Kubelik. I don't think that fills the hole at all. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's mainly the goaltending with them that I don't like. And then, yeah, everyone else just is bad. So, yeah. I'm very glad that we agree with Ottawa. Like, Eunice Corposalo is not the I, – I just did not like that signing. That was one of my least favorite signings of the offseason. And, um, you know, um, the, uh, the Lightning are my – they're my wild card. Um, and the Bruins, I think you made a good point. The Bruins goaltending should be good enough to, you know, help them and, and, and make sure they still at least get in, you know, because it would be a huge drop off from one of the best teams ever to not making the playoffs. Um, so I, I didn't have the guts to pull them out. I think when I first kicked around um, predictions, I had Leafs, Sabres, Ottawa, and then I was like, no, that's too much. <laughs> I don't even I don't believe in Eunice Corpusalo. I do believe in Devin Levi. I think you're right. His stats last year he had a 905 save percentage, which on its face is not excellent. Um, but uh you pointed out um they brought in defensemen. I really like Connor Clifton and they brought him in. I wanted Clifton to be our Mayfield replacement if we had gone that route. We didn't. Um so Buffalo gets a good one. Um all right, so that's that's fun. Uh that was my well, fun. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I completely forgot, I skipped over Tampa. They would have made the playoffs in my eyes, but with the Vasilevsky news, I 
I was going to put them as like a fringe playoff team. And, you know, they're losing him for two months. Like, even if you lose a couple more games than you're supposed to, you're done. They're at, so I don't see it happening at all. It's a tough division to call because you have a few teams that are very clearly worse than they were uh, last year. Um, and then you have, like, teams on the ascendancy. Like, Ottawa sh- should could be better, and then the Sabres should be better. But, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in that division. The Leafs are lucky that on top of, you know, they should be the best team in that division by a decent margin, I think. Are you, are you guys factoring in the fact that Josh Bailey might be playing for the Senators? Uh, well, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like that's going to make it or break it if he's with them or not. It's just whether or not they can afford him is really the question, I think. Yeah, so. I'll go with it's going to break them if they <laughs> do put him in. They'll finish dead last if they no. Nah. Um all right. Um do you want to do Pacific or Central next? Uh Pacific, I think, is pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh I got the Oilers, the Golden Knights, the Kings, the Kraken, the Flames, Canucks, Ducks, and Sharks. Um, and I have Oh, I shouldn't give anything away yet. Yeah, those are the teams I have. Go ahead, you go. Okay. Yeah, that's another one that's pretty close to mine. So I have Edmonton, number one, Vegas, number two, maybe a surprise pick, Flames at three, Kraken at four, Kings at five, and then the rest, frankly, doesn't matter to me. I'll go Canucks at six, Ducks at seven, Sharks at eight. Yeah, the only team in that bottom three that has any upside anyway is probably the Canucks. I don't. The Ducks have, like, intriguing young pieces, but – I don't think it's anything contending. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think I really I I like your uh, picks because I think um, the top two are pretty obvious uh, with the Oilers and the Knights. And I think we I at least for me with the Knights, I think you know usually a little bit of a uh, of a hangover from having to play that many games and get a shorter off season than everybody else. Um, so and and Mark Stone like can he stay healthy? So, yeah, there's some worries there uh, in net. No more Robin. Le- I mean, they didn't have Robin Leonard last year anyway, and it survived. So so hopefully one of their goalies stays healthy this year. Um, yeah. The I, man, the Flames, I, I almost put the Flames at three, too. I think there's big upside potential. They had a bunch of guys just like completely fall off the earth last year. All it takes is for them to get 50 percent back of what they were uh, and Markstrom to be good again. And they're back. Um, the Kraken, um, you had the Kraken where at five? Or four, uh, four. Uh, okay, I had the crack in there too. Um, they're really exciting. I need their goaltending to be better before I like really hop on. Um, love Everly. Um, and the Kings, um, I think their goaltending is is not a great it's Phoenix Copley is like their starter to start the year. Um yeah, so I, I think it's completely defensible to put the flames ahead of them. I like the Kings roster a little bit better, but um yeah, I think uh the Kings like might want to get a little bit better in goal. Yeah, I'm really high on some of the Flames guys who I think coaching is going to make a big difference. Obviously, I'm familiar with Jonathan Huberdeau and Islanders legend Nazem Kadri. So, yeah, I think they'll have good seasons this year. That's why I'm putting them after. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Central division. Uh, I have the Stars, the Avalanche, the Wild. The Jets, the Blues, the Predators, the Yotes, and the Hawks. 
I have both of my wildcard teams in the Pacific. I have the Kraken and Flames as wildcard teams. So I, I do not have any wildcards in the Central. Okay, yeah. So I, I know I made a low pick for the Kings at number five. I do think that's a playoff team as well. So three for me in the Central. It's going to be Dallas, Colorado, and St. No, not St. Louis. Minnesota are the playoff teams. Then St. Louis, Nashville, Winnipeg, uh, Chicago, Arizona. Um, I guess I'll, I have some explaining to do, I guess. Um, Nashville, I, I really like what Barry Trost has done, um, redirectioning the team. But even though they have sorrows, I don't think they're a playoff team yet. But I did have them, you know, compared to some people, I guess pretty high. And then Winnipeg, I guess, I might have had pretty low. But, like, I'm not too inspired at all. There's definitely some locker room stuff going around with them with, like, uh, Blake Wheeler suddenly leaving and then Connor Hellebuck apparently wants out. So I don't know how good he's going to play. So I'm not a fan of them, really. And then Chicago is destined to be terrible, but I think they could beat out Arizona for sure if some of their more washed out guys um, become better. Like, I don't know, maybe Seth Jones won't be terrible. And they do have some good pieces there if they revert back to their original form. Uh, honestly, for the playoff teams, like, it, it wasn't really that hard. Colorado, even though Landis Cog is out, they'll be fine. Dallas looks really good. I love the Duchesne signing, so yes. And then Minnesota is going to be the perennial first-round exit, I think. So, yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, I, it's tough because the two teams that the stars and the abs are fantastic. And then the wild, they're just like, well, good luck. I guess <laughs> teams, you're going to play one of those teams and you're going to lose to one of those teams. <laughs> I guess, um, you know, a couple of very interesting goalies that we could see at some point this year in this division uh, prospects, the wild have Jesper Wallstead. Um who looks amazing. Very curious to see, you know, if Marc-Andre Fleury struggles, gets hurt, retires, get to see him. Um, I don't think that really changes their upside too much, but it's interesting to watch. And um, the Predators, um, Yaroslav Askarov, who I have in a dynasty league, so we better be good. Um, <laughs> that could be a really fun goalie tandem uh, with Saros and him. So I, I like, I, 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 I had a tough time picking a spot for the Jets because of everything you said. Very like this team could finish sixth. I think. Do you have them at sixth? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I I could see that. Um, it's tough because the talent is there. Uh, Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ellers and Mark Shifley. They have so much scoring and they have a great goalie. Um, I don't love their defense. Um, and they're yeah, just everybody seems to want to be out of there. All it takes is like them to start off kind of shitty, and oh. We traded one of the big guys. Now, may as well trade them all. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's tough. I almost put the. I probably should have put the Blues at four. Um, the Blues feel like if there's any any of the teams that we didn't pick to make the playoffs in the West, I feel like the Blues are the most likely just because um, they have playoff quality in their lineup. They have an old, very old blue line, and Jordan Bennington is Mister Poopy Pants. That's what I call it <laughs> um, because man, that guy is just he just 
needs to calm down. Uh, he's such a hothead. It, his teammates look like they freaking hate him. Uh, and I would too. He's Mr. Poopyhead. Um, pants. um yeah. So that means um pretty similar playoffs. Uh, the Atlantic, I figured, was going to be because I, I figure we're going to look back at the Atlantic and I'm going to get like one of the playoff teams even right. Because uh, took a big swing at that one this year. We'll see if I connect. Um, other than that, pretty similar. I feel like in the West, like, man, it almost feels like the eight playoff teams are already set. I know it's dumb to say that because now it's not going to happen. But like, <laughs> who. Like, ah, maybe the Predators. Like, if the Predators goaltending, like, if Askarov turns into God and now, oh, my God, they have two Ilya Sorokins on their team with Saros and Yaroslav Askarov. And um, I think you made a good point that, like, on the fly, they seem to be rebuilding all right because uh, Luke Evangelista, was like a prospect they had, was on fire at the end of the year. They they seemed like they were trying to tank and they were still playing okay. Um, maybe a good sign for Trotz's future there. Um, yeah. Um, oh, do you have a Stanley Cup pick? Okay, so I'll do conferences, right? So from the East, I'm going to go, this is the year. <laughs> I think we predicted this last year. This is the year Carolina is going to not get swept in the conference final, and they are going to make it. And then from the West, you know what? This is kind of an on-the-spot one. I didn't think about it too much, but it's time for Connor McDavid to finally live up to who he is and make a cup final. And, yeah, I think they got it done this year. I think some of their moves that they made in previous years are going to start to pay off really well. Like It's only a matter of time before, like, Evander Kane, McDavid, Drysidle, all three of them uh, find chemistry in the postseason. And like Stuart Skinner isn't a terrible goalie, or Jack Campbell isn't a terrible goalie. Uh, and like their depth, people complain about it. I, I don't mind it too much. And I think the top end talent will carry them. We've seen they've played well in the playoffs before. It's just really the defense and goaltending. Not so much the front top guys. But, yeah, I think at some point it's just a numbers game. Like, what we talk about with the Islanders is, like, one of these years Sorokin is going to play like he did in that Penguin series in 2021. I think it's the same thing for a team like them where one of these years, you know, it's just going to quit. Yeah, uh, for me, um, in the West, um, man, I keep putting myself – like future me is going to regret this very easily. I have the stars and I say easily, they will now get swept in the first round. <laughs> the stars roster is so well balanced. Duchesne is playing third line center. It's such a good team. Rupi hence is fantastic. Their blue line is fantastic. Uh, Essa Lindell, uh, Miro Heiskanen. It's so good. The one thing, the one thing I want them to improve a little bit, is get a little bit better at backup goalie so that they don't have to run Jake Ottinger into the ground. Uh, and I think that's it. Like, other than that, oh, my God, I love this team. Um, so, stars in the West and the East. Um, uh, I, had a, I had a devilish thought just now. 
Um, not, not, not the devils. I literally <laughs> didn't even think of that pun uh, because the devilish thought was putting the Leafs in the final. Um, mm-hmm. They might, who knows that the Atlantic part of the playoff bracket might be a cakewalk. You know, if the lightning are like just, you know, starting to fall apart and they're just barely getting in, you know, um, the Leafs already beat them last year, but I think I'm, I'm going to follow your lead and pick Carolina. So Carolina and the stars in the final um, and give me, give me the stars, give me the stars to be your 2023, 24 Stanley cup champs. Uh, I uh, literally just because uh, Rob Brindamore was, was such a poor loser last year. Um, we didn't get swept. You did. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop denying reality. You got swept by the eight seed. How funny is that? Um, win a game in the conference finals. Um, yeah. Um, I would love. I, I like in in like a hilarious world, the cup would be like Sabers Kraken. I would have such a great time with that. There'd be a billion goals scored, no goaltending in that series. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to say I'm rooting for Kraken Sabers to be the final, or Flame Sabers. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, besides the Islanders, teams that I would cheer for are Edmonton because I love watching them play due to their speed. And then in the East, okay, obviously no Florida either. I will go Buffalo too. It's about time they made the postseason. So. How could you not cheer for them if they're not in direct conflict with us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of the teams that are going to make the playoffs in the East are teams we hate anyway. I feel like the yeah. same. So, like, hey, let's go. I mean, it was kind of like last year. Like, I, the Panthers, I had fun rooting for them. It was a good run. It was a lot of fun. Um, and there were, like, no other teams I was going to root for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not a historical rivalry between the Islanders and Panthers. Um. All right, so we got through it, our first show of the year. Um, I guess to kind of leave everybody um, with some excitement, like we're kicking around the idea of like doing a few different things this year. I am really, really, really trying to get back onto the um, every game recap uh, grind. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I my, With my job, I work some nights. Um, I already know that I'm going to miss what was going to be the first game of my season ticket package this year um for a wedding in california so um but yeah really we're we're kicking around some fun ideas maybe a live stream of a game at some point uh the nhl will sue us now we'll just talk about it um and uh yeah and, and maybe some stories we're thinking about some stories of like uh some some fun games we've been to some fun moments maybe some player interactions i met simon holmstrom i don't know if i mentioned that and that's 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 about it. Um, so that's it. That's anything else you guys want to add? Um, game one is next Saturday, I believe. So get ready. The Matt Martin Can He Score 20 Points Challenge starts then. Exciting. Um, all right. And that's a good point to leave off on. Um, we're going to try to do, um, I think we said Wednesdays and Thursdays filming this year. Um, you know, we're working around three schedules. Uh, so we're going to try to do that. And so, you know, you can kind of expect, um, the beginning of the weekend to like, you know, Friday, Saturday 
to be when stuff starts coming out um just for an idea of when that will be coming out so that's that i won't do what all the video game companies do now and put out a roadmap that will get wrong in week one i'm not <laughs> cyberpunk um but yeah I, I i'm excited we'll be doing different things this year i'm excited too <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah excitement level for belmont bunch is at 10 <laughs> i don't know if it's that high uh seven six <laughs> you know <laughs> six on, six on a good day yeah uh, so the first episode it was a 10 <laughs> yeah. yeah with the um, curve uh so anyway <laughs> thank you so much everybody for watching um and we will see you next time Bye.